Hey everyone, it's Adrian here. This episode of Sessionable is brought to you by Dave's Travel and Events Group, who run Dave's Brewery Tours in Sydney, Canberra, and now the Hunter Region in Newcastle. They also run Dave's Pub Walks, who do historical pub tours of The Rocks, Balmain, and Sydney City. And, you know, it's a it's a very exciting time for Australian beer right now, and uh, Dave's is helping showcase all that. If you take one of their tours, you'll get to see all the local breweries, drink their beer, have a bit of fun, and basically support the local industry. And it's a, it's a, it's a great activity, and if you have friends visiting and you want to show them a unique way to experience the area, take them on a tour, and they'll get to see places that most locals don't even know about, and they'll have a beer while, while doing it, which is always a plus. And, you know, if you want to go for the more traditional kind of walking tour, Dave's Pub Walks is perfect for that because you get to see the historical parts of the city while also enjoying a good beer. And if you're a, if you're a local hardcore beer nerd, there's still so much to learn about all these local breweries. And going on a Dave's Brewery tour is great for that. And not only will you taste the good beer that you're used to tasting, you'll also get to meet the great people behind behind those great beers so do check out dave's travel and events group at daves.com.au there's links to all their tours and walks from there and by supporting them you'll be supporting the local beer scene so everyone wins and now back to the show sessionable welcome to sessionable uh we have a very special guest with us today um, we're sitting at the in, in the Endeavour Tap Rooms uh, with the one and only Ray Daniels. Welcome to the podcast, Ray. Thanks very much. Glad to be here. Um, great now, to have you. Yeah, absolutely great to have you. Um, now, for those listening who aren't familiar with uh, you, could you give us a quick um, sort of introduction to, to what you do and, and why it's awesome that we've got you here? <laughs> <laughs> well, I can't speak to the latter point, but... Um, <laughs> No, I'm, 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 I'm best known these days as the founder and director of the Cicerone Certification Program. Uh, that's a whole process that started about 10 years ago this time, and we'll uh, celebrate our official 10-year anniversary on January 3rd of 2018. Congratulations. Yeah, wow. we're yeah. excited about that. So Yeah, fantastic. Um, and, you know, before that, I, I banged around uh, in the U.S. craft beer industry doing quite a few uh, things, organized a, a real ale festival in Chicago for a bunch of years and uh, worked for the Brewers Association out in Colorado uh, for about 10 years as editor of uh, Zymergy and New Brewer and publisher for Brewers Publications and uh, then was uh, director of craft beer marketing for the Brewers Association as well and um, basically... Uh, decided that, uh, well, you know, suggested that, that craft beer was the word we should start using to, uh, also, it's your to fault. describe yeah. this, this stuff. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. At the time, it was very informal, and that mm. was all very good. Yeah. But uh, since then, it's gotten a bit more contentious. Um, yeah, so, um, yeah. Um, so, and you've also written a few books along the way as well. Yeah, yeah, those were a little earlier. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, back in the 90s, that's most, mostly what I was doing, was writing. Would you ever are you, would you ever have the time to do any more writing? Again, well, you or? know, I, I do a lot of writing. It's just you don't really it goes see into it. Goes course books, yeah. <laughs> right? Exactly, it goes into Cicerone uh, stuff uh, and uh, yeah, and emails and things like that. <laughs> um, yeah, that's that's a that's a push that uh, has been been out there for a while. My publisher um, and I have a very special relationship <laughs> uh, because she's basically my successor in that in that job. Um, so yeah, she, uh, 
she duns me about twice a year. When when are you gonna when are you gonna do when are you gonna do when are you gonna do when are you gonna update designing? Which is the big one, designing great beers. She wants my boss's copy of that on my shelf at home. Good, thank you. Glad to hear that. Well, especially now we're seeing a bit of a round of second editions. So Randy Mosher's tasting beers has got a second edition. I think is it Audacity of Hops has got a second edition coming out. I haven't seen that one yet, but yeah, I think I heard that as well. So good, yeah. Got to catch up with the rest of the boys. Tom, yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah, I'm I'm definitely overdue, and it's a project I would like to do. And it's a matter of you know time, yeah. And uh, that's the that's the the pesky thing about writing is it actually does take time, and it takes un- un- uninterrupted time where where you can sort of sit there and and actually think, because you know that's yeah. kind of what writing takes. <laughs> yeah. and it's a bit hard to do when you have to fly all across the world just to. Well, it's to, a bit uh, hard to do when you know you've got where I've got ten employees now and have added a couple more, and they've always got things they want to ask me. Uh, and then emails literally coming from yeah. all over all over the world. Uh, yeah, so there there's a bit going on, and it's hard to get that sort of un- uninterrupted time. I, I don't have the luxury of that anymore. Yeah, awesome. Um, now we uh, a couple of episodes ago we um, sat down with Neil and Dave, and we spoke about the Cicerone program and kind of what it is. So we won't we don't need to cover that again um, in this episode, I don't think. Um, but I think uh, what would be interesting to hear from you, Ray, is. Uh, for those listening who work in the industry here in Australia, why do you think uh, they should be uh, should uh, apply for the Cicerone program? What what what's uh, what's the reason to be a Cicerone? Well, you know, I think our our standard line is that certified Cicerone is the mark of a beer professional. You know, the Cicerone program was really begun to try and motivate people who work with beer to become more professional. To, yeah. to learn more about beer. And for those who have done that, then to recognize uh, that expertise, recognize their, their skills, and, and uh, let other people uh, recognize the folks who you yeah. know, have developed those, those skills and, the, and that knowledge. And uh, I would have to say that that, that basically plan, that plan has worked out yeah, pretty yeah. well. Yeah. You, know? <laughs> um, you know, somebody... Um, some senior person in, in the, the industry in, in the States walked up to me a couple of years ago at the Great American Beer Festival. And honestly, I don't remember who it was now, but it was somebody I knew slightly, again, senior uh, of an age and, and experience that he would never have done the program himself. Yeah. But he sees all, knows all, right? And he walked up and he said, you know, congratulations on the program. It's done really well. He says, I know it's good. Because all of the people who've passed really respect it. And, and that, you know, really sums it up in, yeah. in, in a single phrase. And it was the goal, and, and it's a goal that's been, been achieved, um, which is you don't find someone, you know, taking and passing the certified Cicerone exam who then goes back, you know, to have a beer with his mates and says, oh, it was bullshit. You know, I didn't have to learn anything <laughs> to do it. and. You know, the tasting part, it was bullshit. You know, I could have done it with, you know, you know, with, yeah. without ever practicing. You know, that's not what people say. Yeah. Um, and and yeah. that's really where a lot of that value comes from is that people, people who pass it really respect it and therefore other people respect yeah. it. Um, Liam, you can speak to that a bit, can't you now? Yeah, I did, yeah. I think we've got um, some congratulations are in order. Yeah, I, yeah, in between the last episode and this one, I found out that I passed certified Cicerone. So congratulations, Ooh, yeah, Liam. Which is yeah. pretty good, and I can attest to everything that Ray just said because <laughs> I 100% agree. And I've, yeah, and I've never met someone who's like, yeah, you know, it was all right. Um, it is a lot of hard work, um, mm-hmm. 100%, and I'm super proud I did it. Super proud I got 91% as well. Pretty sure. Yeah, wow. Um, 
But also, it is, yeah. And it's one of those things where you don't realise how much you don't know till you start knowing more. And the more and more you learn, the more and more you realise... You don't know everything. You don't know everything. And I think it's been an industry, I think particularly in Australia, where there's a lot of um, self-labelled experts. There's a lot of people who've been drinking beer for a long time. um, And I was one of them. And I I, I knew stuff, definitely. But um, it wasn't until I really started digging into the program to realise what I didn't know and where my my gaps were. Because... When it's all self-taught, you teach the things that you want to know about, and there's right. other things that are less interesting to you at the time, but are equally important. Yep. And so I think it gives you the most well-rounded as well beer knowledge, um, and it's not easy, 100%. Yeah, yeah. And that yep. exam was, was, a, it was, it was a hard exam. I, I caught yeah. you uh, halfway through it, I think. You've yeah. gone outside for a bit of a, a break. Yeah. And, um, yeah. <laughs> I think um, I was in between the written and I went outside ah. to have a quick breather before we went into the tasting right. and Tom dropped into where, where the venue and he was like, and I was like, this is Sam, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go, I'm going to go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, that's good. That's yeah. good. Well, you know, the... Um, the very first person to pass the master Cicerone exam, uh, when I called him and told him that he'd passed, um, we're having the conversation, and I, you know, some I don't remember what I said to him, but he said, "Oh, don't worry, I know I don't know everything about beer." <laughs> right? So even a master Cicerone, yeah, as yeah. you say, yeah. the more you know, the more you know what you don't know. Yeah, hundred percent. And you know, for for me, that point is part of the reason why beer is so much fun. Mm-hmm. That as um, you know, someone enjoys learning. As someone who enjoys knowing the details of how things work and and all of that stuff, beer is this this rich uh, opportunity to, to throughout your life, throughout your career, to always find something else to learn. And you know, I've been studying beer for almost thirty years yeah. now. And just about the time you think you you know everything, you'll notice like, oh, well, there's that little part over there that I've heard of before. I don't really know. Like, um, uh, you know, I'll go, well, you know, there can be that much there. And you go over and it's kind of like, you know, it's just a little spot on the ground. And you look at the spot and you realize it's a hole. And then you look down the hole and you realize it's a big hole and a deep hole. Yeah. And it's like, holy crap, there's a bunch of stuff here I can learn as well. And and that's really w- what all parts of beer are. And, you mm-hmm. know, hops are that way, and malt, well, barley is that way, wheat is that way separately. Yeah. I don't know anything about wheat hardly myself. Very few brewers do. But it's like just learning everything about wheat would be a really yeah. cool thing to yeah. do. Um, statistics. I mean, the whole study of statistics came about through br- the brewing industry. Uh, the original student's T-test, one of the basic fundamental things in statistics, was created in a brewery. Microbiology. Yeah. You know, all yeah. of this stuff is just there's so much going on there that whatever your your interest is in beer, you can go deep in it. And if you're interested in learning lots of stuff, there's lots of different things to learn. So that's so, what it's all about. Um, yeah. So, you know, we just had a, a, another round of exams that I got my results for. So we had an exam in Sydney and mm-hmm. Melbourne and in Perth as well. Yeah. Um, were you happy with the overall results? How do you think we went? Uh, yeah, I think they went r- really well. Um, uh, the, you know, the I remember... Uh, one of the one of the sides, I think it was Perth, that every everyone who took the exam three, actually passed. Yeah, everyone passed, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and and Neil was like, you know, how the hell did that happen? That's not <laughs> supposed to happen. It's like, don't worry, you know, it's early. 
in the early going, yeah, yeah. you know, there's a lot of people, you know, like yourself, who are very knowledgeable, who haven't had the opportunity to mm-hmm. take the exam previously. So when it comes along, you know, those people who are most confident are most likely to step up and actually do it early yeah. on. And so, yeah, you will see a, a, a higher pass rate in the early going. And then it'll start. To- and then, yeah, a yeah. year or two years from now, when you're getting more people who realize, hey, wow, that's, that's a great thing. I should do that. Uh, and it's a bit of a stretch for them. Now, yeah, those are the yeah. folks who are going to say, oh, well, I didn't quite prepare well enough. Yeah. But now I know what I need to learn, yeah. and I can go back <laughs> and, and prepare well enough for the next time. So what yeah. is the pass rate generally at home? Uh, yeah, for us, uh, about 40% yeah. typically, yeah. Uh, uh, year in, year out. And that includes the retakes and, and all yeah. that stuff. So, yeah, and, and it's been pretty steady around that for, for quite a long time. Cool. Yeah, so I guess as a, a follow-on question to that, um, you've been to Australia a few times now. What What are your impressions of our local scene and, and the way we're going down here? You make a lot of good beer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cool, that's, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, obviously, um, you know, the structure of the industry and the way things work is, is different than it is in the States. And, and I, you know, honestly cannot pretend to be an expert or even particularly well-informed yet mm-hmm. even uh, about it. Uh, most of my time here is spent, you know, talking to people about yep. Cicerone and, and uh, you know, drinking uh, a lovely local beer as we are right now. Um, uh, but I haven't really had much of a chance to dig into, you know, the structure of the industry and yep. how it works. Yeah. Uh, there's definitely some great, you know, craft breweries making great beers here. And that part's been really good. And uh, we certainly, we just uh, perused the, the list here. And I'm on mm-hmm. my first one. And there's a couple more I definitely want to try yep. before, we, before yeah. we head off. So, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's definitely a good sign. And, uh, you know, that's not always the case, even in, in uh, breweries at, in the States. Uh, it's gotten to be certainly in the States where everybody's trying to make these, you know, big uh, hop bombs and hop dominated beers and, and you not, and, you know, well, uh, that's <laughs> another issue, but yeah, <laughs> but, <clears throat> if you're not in the mood for yeah. like a super hop bomb, yeah. sometimes it's kind of like, uh, you know, do you have something with some yeast flavor? Yeah. yeah. You know, could get a Hefeweizen or a Saison or mm-hmm. a Belgian something or, um, or just a malty beer, yeah. Yeah. malty beers here. So, you know, sometimes it's uh, kind of slim pickings and, uh, I, uh, you know, I think in the States we've a little bit lost our way because of that, that we've wound up going in a very narrow uh, direction in terms yeah. of the flavor profiles that are available. And I'd like to continue to see diversity, yeah. you know, and have, have all those options available. You know, when we, when Charlie Papazian and I sat down in, in early 2004 and, and decided that we were going to start call, you know, using craft beer as the, as the, um, uh, the term to describe the industry, because at the time we were still yep. calling them microbreweries in the United States, and it was clear that that term was no longer really relevant. Yes, yeah. so and, yeah. yeah. and, and, you know, we didn't, we didn't coin that phrase. I didn't coin that phrase. Other people were using it. Um, but it was, I just suggested it to Charlie and said, hey, you know, there's people out there calling this craft beer now. Why don't yeah. we start, you know, using that? And when the Brewers Association then says, "Yes, yeah. we're going to call it craft beer," that's kind what of. it became. Um, but you know, the in that the rest of that conversation was, "Well, what do you think defines craft beer?" And we said, "Well, two things: flavor is number one. You got a flavorful beer, and number two is diversity of flavor profiles yeah. in the offerings from the industry and from the brewers." So flavor and diversity are the two big things. We've definitely still got flavor, but sometimes I feel like the diversity is a little lacking in the U.S. scene yeah. uh, right now. 
Uh, yeah. So Dave and I just came back from a pretty good 22, 21-day trip away in the States and basically did coast to coast. And um, I definitely found there was some days where we just had hot fatigue from, you know, if you, especially if you're drink, visiting three or four breweries in a day to check out what's going on. If you go to brewery number three and you go, what have you got? So I've got an 8% IPA, a 9% IPA, a 10% double IPA, a 13% triple IPA. I'll or, just have a glass of water. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Or, or, or a 6% session IPA. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's something that I've noticed over here in Australia is I think we're starting to find our style and we're not just emulating the States anymore. I mean, we right. always want to look to the States and yeah. especially UK as um, flavor orientators for us. And, yep. um, but we're sort of finding beers that suit our climate better and not just trying to make an Imperial Stat and a double IPA because right. you should. Um, <laughs> and I think that's sort of where we're at in the scene and... Um, and I love that. And I think, like you said, difference of flavors and having a balance on your list, be it a brewery or a bar, is really important. Yeah. It's something that is not always the case. Yeah. And I, and I think it's also an, an indication of capability and mastery by a brewer. If you can also, you know, produce beers of a wide with range. different flavor yeah. profiles that are also really great. You know, it's one thing to say, hey, I've mastered making the, the hoppy, you know, New World style beer. Uh, but then it's like, well, okay, let's do something different. Can you do that? And it's mm. like, well, yeah, I can make one. Yeah, but it's not very good. So it is another sort of thing for a brewer to learn learn how to do that other thing. I always just say there's like that, you go to that regional brewery and that, you know, you're doing a road trip to somewhere and you pop into somewhere and they go, oh, yeah, we've got a pale ale, a pilsner, an amber ale, a porter. And if you close your eyes, they almost all yeah, taste exactly the same. same. Like it's the yeah, same yeast character. Yeah, right, like, yeah. Right. yeah. Well, that's, that's definitely an issue. And, you know, if, if, if you're using the same base malt for all of your beers and using the same, same yeast for all yeah. of your beers, well, those are the two primary determinants yep. of, of your beer flavor. And then particularly if you're hitting them hard with the hop stick, you know, using American <laughs> hops on, using, on yeah, all of them. Like, okay, so yeah. why, why, what's different about these beers? You know, Color? Like, uh, may, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, maybe, yeah. maybe the hop variety. Varieties are different from one to the other. And it's like, okay, great. Um, no, it's it's. There's more more to beer than that. So, um, with you know, you help turning uh, the craft beer into a term. Do you still think it's the right term for the scene now? Is it time to change that <laughs> definition? That's a that's a that's a good question. That's a doozy, Liam. <laughs> uh, I I think craft beer is a is a lovely term for uh, the beers that we're making these days. I don't. Uh, think it needs to be as uh, regulated as as it has been uh, in the states, and I mean, there's some reasons. You know, you kind of have to decide who you're going to count and who you're not going to count. Yeah. Uh, but at some point, it's like you know, a beer is a beer, and uh, if it's if it tastes great, um, does it matter if it's yeah, craft right, or not? Right. Yeah. Exactly. So I, I think what's really uh, taken over in the states as the the key point for a lot of consumers. Uh, has become uh, just the local idea. Yeah. Because that's something they can tell without someone else having to tell them, right? Right now, literally, to, to, to understand whether somebody's a, a craft brewer in the United States, you have to go to the Brewers Association website or consult the Brewers Association to find out whether they consider that brewery to be a, yeah. a craft brewer at this moment. Because, of course, it changes from day to day. Whereas local... It's like, where's that brewery from? Well, it's from Kalamazoo, Michigan. Like, okay, I've been to Kalamazoo. I consider that to be local. That's yeah. a local brewery, local brewery for me in Chicago. 
Um, but if somebody says, oh, it's from you know Madison, Wisconsin, like, well, I've never been to Madison, so for me, that's not a local brewery. In yeah. fact, Madison's closer <laughs> to Chicago than Kalamazoo is. But yeah, so it, it's kind of like you know the the where where are your friends? Where are the places you feel comfortable about? Where do you feel cozy? And so people are starting to make decisions on that basis of yeah. of just that local feel, that local connection uh, to a brewery. And I mean, you know, in general, it's all about connecting with the brewery. It always has been about connecting with the brewery. And location is one of the key ways by which you do that. Drinking local gives you fresher beer. Hopefully. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. well, that's, there's, there's that, which is a very important reason mm. uh, for it as well. But then there's just the sort of, you know, psychic connection that, with, that, that, with, yeah. with the Sense brand place, and the beer. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. So um, last time, well, will be two podcasts from now that we caught up, which was the first time I came back. And the two breweries that we talked about was um, two breweries that we visited. I really, I really enjoyed was one being Lagunitas, is a really big brewery, yep. and the second one being the Funkatorium at Wicked Weed. Oh yeah, we were <laughs> out both this week. Wow. And, then, and then it was about it was about what, like three days later, maybe yeah. <laughs> like, after so, we recorded um, that. So uh, there's yeah. the Liam curse at the moment. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Don't compliment any more breweries. <laughs> no, I'm just going to stop now. Yeah. But um, <laughs> do you think people are still getting as up in arms every time a brewery gets bought out? Um, I've noticed, well, particularly with Wicked Weed, there was. Some really nice I think Jester King wrote something that was really actually eloquent and saying that they still love those guys but it just doesn't fit with their resources anymore I haven't really seen anyone else go and I'm tipping out all my bottles of Wicked Weed and stuff like that I don't know if you could tip out like is that I mean <laughs> yeah um I don't know. What's your stance on that? And uh, you how know, does that affect things as far as you're concerned? I, I've always taken the consumer's point of view on this, which is that good beer is good beer. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I remember in the 90s at one point, Miller came out with a stout. And people were like, oh, Miller's a stout. Who do they think they are? We know nobody's going to drink that beer. It's like, I'm going to drink that beer. Pretty good. Heck yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. If it's a good stout, like, yeah. why would you not? Yeah. You know, it's going to be widely available. It's going to be high quality. Um, Pretty good price you know, high consistency. Right, right, yeah. right, exactly. All the things we're looking for as a consumer. Um, now, that's not to say that I'm going to turn my back on, you know, my local brewery when yeah. he's got a cool stout that he's come out with. Um, but, you know, the, 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 the whole concept of a loyal beer drinker doesn't really exist. Yeah, it's, well, it, it, it's eroding for sure. Yeah, yeah, well, I mean, well, it used to be in, in the States, well, you know, in, in, in the 20th century, um, back when mega beer really ruled, yeah. ruled the planet, you know, they were looking at loyal drinkers. If you were a bud man, you were a bud drinker, yep. and that's what you drank. And maybe every now and then you'd walk on the wild side and have a St. Pauli's girl or something like that. <laughs> but basically 90% of the beer you drank was going to be a Budweiser. Yep. And that's what they really thought of as was loyalty, and that's what their goal was. And these days, like, that's not what craft beer drinkers are about. Like, craft beer drinkers are about uh, drinking around. Exploration. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah, well, Promiscuous or, drinkers, right? Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Promiscuous drinkers. Right. But it's still, it's not as if it is wanton, all right? Um, and I always talk about the, uh, the, beer, the beer portfolio that yeah. we all have in our brains, like this portfolio of beers. And the inner circle of that beer, uh, of that portfolio, is the beers that I like and that I'm going to drink, like, if not daily, then weekly or regularly, or if you will, the beers that are in my fridge. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And at any one time, there's always one or two beers that are my regular fridge beers, and it's just like, okay, these are the ones that are in my inner circle right now. 
And they're not all from the same brewery. They're not all the same style. That's just that those are the beers that I'm really jamming on yeah, at the moment. Absolutely. Yeah. And then, you know, the, the ring outside that is the beers that, you know, you would give a thumbs up to anytime, anywhere, any place. Like, yeah, I love that beer. That's a great beer. But maybe I'm not in the mood for it right this minute or today or, you know, I'm not I'm kind of past that one right now. Uh, but I know it's a great beer. Um, and so you're going to have it a little less often, but it's still on your, you still, know, yeah, definitely yeah, thumbs yeah. So up. If you're sitting at the bar and someone gives you a pint of it, you're like, happy days. Yeah, yeah. right. Thanks. Yeah, you wouldn't, you wouldn't, you wouldn't return it. I'm not going to send it back. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Do, you, do you buy a six pack to take that same beer home? That's a nice yeah, story. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, and, and you go further and further out on that ring. And, mm-hmm. you know, uh, one of the things I've always wished is that I, that I had a better, pa- better palate memory. That, it, like, I could tell you in detail about a beer that I'd had, you know, six months ago. Well, for that matter, two weeks ago. But I think what we all walk away from with a beer after we've tasted is thumbs up, thumbs down, or, eh, you know, yeah, yeah. W- wasn't my favorite, right? Might try it again sometime. And so I think that, that at the very least, you have that on almost every beer. And so you walk into the bar and you look at the taps and you're like... Yeah, that's a good beer, but not not one I'm in the mood for. Don't drink that beer. Don't drink that beer. Yeah. You know, those are not. I've had those before. Yeah, brewery brewery or beer did not impress me. I'm not going there again. Yeah. It's like okay, there's five beers up there that I know are great beers. What am I in the What am I in the mood for? And then you're going to pick something. So it's not necessarily. And then sometimes you're going to look at that and say, well, I could have that or that. There's a brewery over there that I haven't had before, but I've heard good things about them, yeah. and so I'm going to try their beer. Right, and. That's your exploration, but we may try that one and then go back to one of your old reliables as you know the next beer of the night, or (laughs) you know switch it up something like that. Yeah. So you've got all that going on, and and you're working through the portfolio, and where your loyalty comes in is like who's in that portfolio, who's in that inner ring, uh, inner circle. What are the breweries that you go back to over and over again as the reliable purveyors of the beers you love Mm -hmm. and that you know you can rely on. And th- and that's really what loyalty is about yeah. these days. It's not loyalty necessarily to the brand. It's loyalty to uh, kind of the experience that you have already had of drinking that well, beer. Well, yeah. Right? And I mean, I think yeah. it, is, it is loyalty it to is, the brand. Is, the brand is still to the important. brewery. Yeah, yeah, the brewery yeah. is a brand yeah. Yeah. oftentimes more than yeah. the, the one individual beer. Because mm-hmm. they'll go in and say, like, you know, I'm in the mood for, for a Hefeweizen. Like, oh, Sierra Nevada. And, I mean, like, I'm not, like... Uh, that's not a beer I would normally go out and necessarily buy to put in my fridge. But if I'm in the mood and, and theirs is there, it's like, it's heck yeah, that's day. a great yeah, yeah, yeah. beer. Yeah. I'm going to have that Sierra Nevada Keller Vice, right? Yeah. Um, so that that is, yeah, it's very brewery related. Uh, yeah. Those guys make great beers. I'm interested in that style and mm-hmm. they've got it. So I'm going to go for that yeah. one. So following on from that, what's in Ray's in a Sanctum at the moment? What's in Ah, well, see, I knew you'd ask that. <laughs> um, and, and you'll be frustrated by the answers because the two that have been most in my fridge recently uh, have been, well, actually three I can think of are, are uh, all uh, local beers. Uh, there's a brewery that's a half mile from my house uh, called Alarmist Brewing Company, uh, and they make a Belgian single nice. called yeah. Phobophobia. <laughs> which is the fear of all things. <laughs> and that was, that was the beer I, I drank on Trump's inauguration day. <laughs> Phobophobia. Very apt, yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, so that's one that's been a regular. And then uh, probably my number one has been a beer called Apex Predator uh, from a brewer called Off Color Brewing Company, also in Chicago. Awesome. Um, you know, a guy named John Laffler is the, the real driving force behind that one he w- he used to run the goose island barrel program be- yeah. pre-acquisition yeah. um and just a super sharp guy 
super quirky, funny guy as well, but makes fantastic beers. Uh, and his sort of saison interpretation is his apex predator. And uh, then Five Rabbit Brewing Company, which is a sort of um, a Latino, Hispanic-themed uh, yep. brewery. Uh, and they've got a golden ale uh, that's uh, sort of my lighter uh, end of things on that front. So, yeah, great. Yeah, nice. Those are, those are, those are uh, yeah, the sort of most regulars in, yeah. the, in the portfolio these days. We're getting, coming in summertime uh, up north, so we're going to have probably some more little tart, sour things mm. coming in there now. And, uh, yeah. Uh, maybe some, get those loggers coming back again too. And Are you find that sort of coming back? Oh yeah. yeah, oh yeah. I think loggers have been have definitely been coming on strong the last few years. A um, lot of uh, Hellas loggers, even oh, cool. so, not not hoppy, and yeah. that's like yeah. that's that's one of the trends I've been most excited about. Uh, and there's a few really nice Hellas loggers uh, from uh, from breweries out there. And so that's really cool. And a lot of them making pilsners too, but again, the pilsner is just like, all right, we've got that super hoppy profile, then we're making it with a lager yeast. Yeah. Like, okay, let's really do something different, yeah. and let's drop the hops and, and make it up, <laughs> make it a balty beer. Yeah. Awesome. Well, um, I think we um, need to wrap up because uh, our beer glasses are empty. Is I that think why? our beer glasses are empty, <laughs> and I think we we only have you for a for a, a, a bit of time anyway. Um, we want to say thank you to Endeavor Tap Rooms for hosting us. Absolutely. Um, it's my first time here, actually. Ah. Yeah. I have you seen the brewery yet? No, I haven't had a chance. I'll do that have before I go. Have you seen the brewery? I have not. Well, I, yeah. saw, I saw it through the front door last yeah. night. Yeah, yeah. I was walking by. <laughs> yeah. so. um, it's one of the most ultimate um, space management breweries I've ever seen. Oh, yeah? It's really cool. They're actually stacking yeah, nice. tanks I'd... on top of tanks. And, like, wow. Yeah. That's yeah, fun. So we'll go have a look. But, um, right, I just want to say thank you very much. Yeah. For Thanks for having me, Tom. Great to see you guys. Thanks very much. And um, I'm going to stick around and drink a few more Endeavour beers. I think I'll, I'll, I'll have another one or two <laughs> for sure. Definitely. Awesome. Right. Thank you very much. Cheers. Thank you. Cheers. Yeah, cheers. Sessionable. Adrian here again. Before we go, I'd like to thank Dave's Travel and Events Group for bringing you this episode of the podcast. Dave's is running Sydney Beer Week this year, which is Sydney's biggest and best celebration of beer. And it happens from the 20th to 29th of October. If you'd like to hear about what sort of exciting things is coming up, have a listen to episode 65 where I talk to the Sydney Beer Week team and they discuss the direction that they're bringing Beer Week this year. It's a, it's a very good episode. And, um, yeah, the, the program should be out in a few weeks. So keep an eye out for that at www.sydneybeerweek.com.au.